After the main political unmuted show, we spend some time going through your questions and comments on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube and try and answer them as best we can in the form of a pretty relaxed chat. Welcome back. Um, every time I finish this first session, I go through and Barbara's watching it in the conservatory and I say, aren't they fantastic? And, and, and so I'm continually thrilled by the quality of comment from the team. And, and you ought to be too. And, and sort of, but um, so we, we, we take this and I, and I hand over to Sam, who's going to lead us. And um, hopefully we're going to see here some of the things that you have said in response to the comments of the team, which were top class. Thank you so much. This is, uh, we're getting a pattern here. The show always seems to end on a total but Paul Daly loving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this time, uh, Mark Rattigan and uh, Jim Sumrall and Jake Ratcliffe are all saying, like, Paul Daly for MP, come on. Uh, so, again, you know, and somebody uh, mentioned this, Mark Lumley mentioned this, the issue with being a parliamentary prospective candidate is it is, it, again, a full-time job. So unless you are independently wealthy or have some just very wealthy friends, it's very difficult to get on with politics if you talk to anybody uh who who has done it and talk to them about the sums of money that they have i know i know of people who have had to remortgage their house in order to finance them getting on in politics you know it caught like and i said before you know i'm in a situation at the moment where i'm finding it very difficult to get a job and i know that part of that is because i'm involved in politics and people don't know how to cope with a political person of working age because only uh, 5%, is it 5% or not point, oh, 0.5% of uh, councillors are 35 and under? I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, it's one of those. Paul? Um, just, just on the note of that, it's really kind of people to say that. I think we need to be starting to think of power outside of MPs. Like, you know, you go to Parliament, you do your MPs work, you do your constituency work. And, and what do you do? You know, unless you're in government, unless you're in a government that has socialist principles, we are so far away. Even if the Labour Party got elected, we will not necessarily be um, dealing with um, socialist principles at all times. You know, there, there will be compromises to be made. What we need to be doing is um, empowering people, empowering working class people to you know take control of their own communities in a in a really positive way you know build things for their own communities that's what we need to be doing so i think a lot of the power lays lies outside of parliament mp being an mp isn't the be all and end all of any sort of power and i think the establishment would make sure that we wouldn't have the opportunity to uh the way things are at the moment, I don't think we'd manage to get socialism through parliamentary methods. Okay. John? I mean, Paul's absolutely right. And one of the problems that we have, particularly in the Northeast, was that in the past, the unions, and particularly the miners' union, would form a pathway whereby able and politically able young men and women 
could sort of make their way up through, particularly men, of course, in those days, could make their way up through the union system and become prominent and then be funded to stand as mm-hmm. employees. And, and sort of, I really do think that that we're allowed uh, working class, again, particularly young men, but also women, to make their way through to becoming an MP um, from the grassroots. In our modern world, which has been com- uh, sort of intentionally destroyed, uh, mm. Thatcher was quite open about it, intentionally destroyed, fractionalized sort of individual young men and women in, in, in working class backgrounds, find it almost impossible to build that kind of support and networking uh, that will get them through and uh, sort of to become. And the only way they do it is that sometimes if they're very, very able, they get themselves and they get to Oxford and then they can sort of grease in the, on the greasy pole and, and, and slide up it. And, and sort of uh, it's much harder than it was 50 years ago uh, for the young people uh, uh, today, uh, I feel for them. Yeah, Mark says, so do we need to build up socialist councillors so they can show socialism in the local community as well as community organisers? Paul has replied yes to that. I I think this is something as well that I keep coming back to because there are lots of people who are very despondent within the Labour Party about the fact that our leadership um, is doing things that we we might not like. Um, And people keep saying things to me like, we've gone backwards six years but we haven't because we've got some really good socialists like Jamie Driscoll elected in the north of Tynemere. We've got the opportunity to get some good socialists on local councils. Um, and anybody who has moved away from the Labour Party in the last few weeks, they still exist in the world and they're still doing great things in the community. And we're all still part of this movement pushing for change. So loads of people have been switched on to politics in a way that they haven't before and switched on to the idea that society can change in a way that they haven't before. And like I said, hopefully some of those people will end up on local councils. And we have seen during the coronavirus crisis how having councils as a last barrier to the harsh harshest possible uh, austerity is uh, can you know you know be the difference between your fit kids getting fed or not you know we in county durham were, were in a position where we were when we were enabled to provide free school meal vouchers and they didn't in darlington and the reason was that's a conservative council and they thought they could just donate some money to a food project instead. <laughs> oh man! Anyway, comments. Grim, absolutely grim. It actually, makes me feel sick. Um, yeah. Shall we Kevin do the said, Twitch ones? Shall we deal with the Twitch ones? Because we've never done a Twitch to comment you're before. Gonna, you're gonna let me leapfrog over everybody else to our friend. Just, Ogilary. just to like you know, we've we've just uh, we, we're we're getting there on Twitch. People are. You know, let's see if we can get some people commenting on Twitch. There's some people watching, so. Yeah, uh, let me find him. <laughs> well, was in the chat. The said, oh, yeah, they will still be in the chat, won't they? I put yeah. them on my mega document, which obviously did not help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oblarim says, in your socialist world, do you believe in private property? Laura. 
Um, <laughs> 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 I, um I, I, I'm not against anything in my socialist world other than people have an extortionate wealth where when other people are starving to death. Um, I mean, I w it depends what he means by private property. I have a mortgage um, and I'm paying for this house. Would that make it private? If so, then yes, I agree with it because I like to have my own house and to have my kids stay under it. But I, I would also welcome the opportunity for everybody in the UK to be able to do that. So I guess that would be my answer. I may have got his question entirely wrong. And if so, I apologize. Or her question, That's I don't know who you are. And hello, and thanks for joining us on Twitch. Stuart. <laughs> if I privately actually mean personal property, so a house is personal property, and mm -hmm. then there's public property, it's not really private property, is it? Mm. So it's personal, you know. You're allowed to own a toothbrush as a socialist. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Paul? Um, I think that given what, what it, it's kind of related to what Laura said there, we've got a mortgage now. So really, the bank owns our house. Really? Like, we don't own it. In, in a hundred years or something like that, we might. And then it will be taken off us for, for adult healthcare. So <laughs> actually, no, I don't believe that system works for most people. I believe that things should be secure and I believe that people should have their own secure place where they know they're not going to be kicked out of. But I believe there are so many different ways to fund it. Like if if a bank that has to get its finances from um, from the Bank of England in our country who invent money, um, they have, if they have to get their finances through that, then why don't we have a people's bank where, you know, they would supply you something on the terms of a mortgage, but actually you get something back when, you know, you know, there are, there are so many models where this could work and we don't need to have vast wealth. I, what I massively disagree with is things like land banking and stuff like, you know, um, so I don't know whether, the, <laughs> I don't know, I don't think property can be seized from people in the, in a, in a short term thing, but I think we could move towards something that is a lot more fair where uh, where money works for us rather than um, rather than working for a few billionaires, so it should work for the public rather than for billionaires. Sure, John, do you have a a word on this? Uh, I do. Um, Newton Acre, as you know, there were no private houses until the nineteen seventies, and uh, sort of it was all council housing intentionally so. so that was the model of the welfare states that we were wanting to move towards in those days. Uh, and we didn't regard ourselves as a communist country at all. <laughs> the, the welfare model that everybody thought and the, the manager will live next door to the mechanic uh, was, was, and this was uh, beverage and he was a liberal, he wasn't even labor. Uh, so the, the, I mean, what happened in the in the, the Soviet Union was they tried war communism and they, they tried the kind of extreme. Uh, there is no private property, um, and and sort of you you all um, work what you give, what you can give in work, and you take what you need uh, from that work, and and it, did, it didn't work. And Lenin was the guy who reckoned sort of people have to have something to work for that they can have for themselves, and and the new economic policy brought that in. And when Stalin abolished it, 
it was only he was only able to keep hold of that um, sort of uh, non-private property model by the most horrific tyranny. And 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 so this is why I'm a democratic socialist. I'm I, I sort of I'm not a full-on socialist. And democratic socialism, as far as I uh, interpret it, is one way. Yeah, I can have a house, and and and, and sort of I don't have to car share. I can have my own car. And 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 sort of yes, I can benefit personally from the the fruit of my very hard work. Um, uh, and yet. What we have to do, and uh, sort of, is make sure that um, everybody benefits. Everybody has a home, and, uh, and and sort of, and that there are not just safety nets, but there are opportunities for everybody to prosper and 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 have aspirations. So, um, in my socialist world, in my democratic socialist world, um, I allow private property. Would absolutely agree with with Paul. The point is, is, is that, that we have in a, a world now where sort of um, vast numbers of people have nothing. And, and even what they've got, they owe to somebody else. And, 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 and sort of other people have wealth beyond, their wild, beyond anybody's wildest imagination. And, and, and that's clearly gone wrong, gone too far the other way. And we do need to claw it back. Yeah, I was just remembering something I read, and I can't remember the actual uh, the actual number, but I will look it up because it's interesting. They did do some research into like at what point in your income, your your welfare, and your well being peaks, and it's it's something law like. Well, I say not not law, <laughs> like it's still a lot of money, but it was it was something like. 35 40 grand like once you reach that level of money more money doesn't make you happier so hmm. why do you need it the key point is when you don't have to borrow the key point is when you have enough money behind you so when the washing machine breaks you mm -hmm. buy another washing machine and then you can replace that money you can borrow from yourself uh to, mm -hmm. sort of, and 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 sort of at that point your money worries largely shed away and barbara and i only ever tell out about two things money and the children and 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 sort of um when um <laughs> when when sort of you reach that point of income and you're absolutely right it, it is quite low if you, you don't need huge six-figure sums um to, to to reach that point but in fact you can be very very comfortable what, so what yes yeah, so my, my yeah, it, would that change? Because right now you're talking about security as in getting a home and having extra money are like game pieces in the capitalist game. Would people naturally move towards, you know, social housing if there was an abundance of social housing? Would people be less inclined to, to feel the need to seek security and ownership if uh, there was abundance of uh, alternatives? I think I think didn't Thatcher made a load of mini capitalists, didn't she? When uh, when she the the right to buy, and I think people people really appreciated the right to buy because they could own something finally. And but I think there's a there's a compromise there because that meant they had to pay for everything, they had to look after it themselves. I think there should be a way where you've got absolute security in that building, always being yours, whether you fall on hard times, 
whatever, if you can do that or, 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 or something equivalent or maybe downsize at a different time in your life or whatever, that could be something that is read, run by the state or run by local authorities and run by some actually smaller and smaller democratic groups. That's what I would like to see, really. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, so, so my socialism is about yeah allowing people to earn as much as they want but once that money is no longer bringing them any material goodness into their life making sure you're taxing it enough so that people can be redistributed at the bottom so that we're not having people who are starving or homeless you know there's there's no need for people to be starving or homeless there's no need for people to be starving when we throw 25 percent of our food in the landfill you know, there's no need for people not to have clothing on their back when there's enough clothing in this world to clothe the entire population for 10 years. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've recently finished Malcolm X's autobiography and he was talking about when he went to Mecca and he was explaining, or, or sorry, Africa, and he was explaining to people that farmers would throw away food um, when it wasn't profitable to sell it. So when it reached a certain price tipping point, they would throw away food, despite and and people were saying, well, what about all the starving people in the world? And he said he didn't have the heart to tell them that there were people starving in America, at that time. Mm. And they were throwing away food. They were landfilling food, and they, they yeah, this is this is where we go entirely wrong, isn't it? And this strikes. I mean, I didn't comment on the thing about socialism and whether it was a socialist country, but I think this strikes me as being at the heart of what a country ought to be doing is that the, 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 we have an economic system and a politi political system, and the primary aim of that ought to be to provide every citizen with a comfortable, secure um, lifestyle. Um, and, 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 and with enough money to have some money to spare. So you can waste a bit and, 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 and sort of where you can lose 10 pounds just through carelessness. And it's not the end of the world. And, 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 and sort of, and, and that is the, the, the key thing. And we do not have that at the moment. We do not have a system. We have people who are struggling and, and, and still unable to feed themselves. It is an absolute outrage. And, and, and sort of, we just need to, Samantha's absolutely right. We just need to drag the system back. So instead of being this kind of system, as far apart as you can, we squeeze the top so that we get a bit more out of them to start redistributing it and we bring those people up and we have a much more um, and, and everybody plays pays lip service to this they sort of say well there should only be a, a 20 times gap between the lowest paid and the highest paid in, 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 in everybody we, we, we need people on the board and, and so everybody but it doesn't happen and 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 sort of for me um a labor party ought to be the party that says we're going to get into power and we're going to make that happen. And 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 sort of and if we have to say otherwise to get elected, I'm not interested in getting elected. There's no point in, in, in having a Labour Party that's going to leave it out there for me. No point at all. Sort of, sort of try and find another party. Yeah. Indeed. And, and also, and we will get back to the comments, it's just uh, people talk about food banks like food banks is the thing. We, we are so far past food banks now. We've now got organisations growing that exist to fill the gaps between people who can't access food banks like 
we the the problem is so much bigger than food banks now um to the point where you know you've got organizations i mean most of you will know this and probably the listeners will, will know it too you know the fact is you can't just give somebody food and expect that they've got the money to actually cook it you can't give somebody food and, and expect that they um they're going to be able to you know um yeah, yeah, cook it. Let's just stick with cook it for now because of the one. Um, so, yeah, it is. I've, we've started a new uh, grants scheme at Sheldon Town Council, and I've just approved two grants for people to get a, a washing machine so they can access basic personal hygiene. You know, that's the world we're living in. People don't have the, the money to actually eat while they wait to start a new job. You know, John? Um, just and so to, I'm, I'm breaking my own rule here because I'm, I'm, I'm talking and, and, and we want to hear what the people have said on their comments. But uh, so that I came across today uh, the right to eat and Liverpool have passed um, a right to eat uh, motion and there's an, e, uh, an EDM and a petition about people have the right to eat. And one of the things that was mentioned in that Liverpool um, debate in the chamber was that to eat at a level of nutrition which is regarded as healthy somebody on um now it was either on benefits or on the minimum wage i can't remember it but that person would have to spend 70 percent of their income on food and mm -hmm. and, and and sort of um it isn't you just prompted that it isn't just about getting something that you can shove down your throat it's about the quality of the food and, and yes, the ability to cook it nicely and, mm. and uh, sort of, and not just to have to have uh, porridge every single day of your life um, because that's the only way you can make him meat. Um, uh, anyhow, shut up and let you yeah. Anyway, we'll go on to Oblarim's other comment, which was that he believed that Joe by his prediction we will come back to this because we're obviously going to be doing this show forever now. <laughs> so we'll be there when <laughs> it happens. Uh, Oblarim says, Joe Biden will take the USA into another war. What do you think about that? Any takers? I think the USA have only ever not been at war where they invade another country for two years of their existence. I believe there's a statistic around that. Someone will tell us in the chat. Yes, yeah. Joe Biden will take the USA to war. The USA are always at war. The question is whether it's a. I don't believe there's ever a just war. Um, please argue with me about that. But um, it depends whether it's a, a controversial war, like somebody close to home sent us on, or whether it's a one that they think is um, legitimate. I, I don't know. I think it's hard. It's really difficult because I, I'm, I'm, I've got my eyes open that Joe Biden is not the perfect candidate. For me, it would have been Bernie Sanders that up there. But it got to the point where it was literally anyone but Trump. I don't think he's bad. I think time will tell. I think Paul's right. Yes, they'll go to war about something or other. It's just a case of what that war will be. But I don't know. And whether we'll get involved in it. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. The war against fascism is always just. Yeah, let's do that yeah. war. Let's do that let's war. Do that one. Happy with that one. Spanish Civil War. Simon's Spanish Civil War. Said. <laughs> yeah. The comments. Oh, if, he's a, if you ever want a, a history buff on any sort of war or S Spain or Irish um, 
protests, get Simon on. <laughs> he knows everything. Coming soon on on socialist think tank. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Stuart or John? Uh, well, whether he'll go into another war, I think it would be interesting to see if he finishes any of the, the ongoing ones. Hmm. I don't. I, mean, I didn't understand the. I didn't understand the question really. Sort of or the statement. I mean, I don't I know on what grounds he's he's saying that. Sort of. I mean, there's a, there's a school of thought that uh, that Donald Trump was less militaristic and more isolationist than a lot of other presidents have been. Right. Um, that there's a school of thought. That there's there's some there's some merit in that. Um, he, he he spoke to North Korea and he seemed to get on well. And then they did this little like silly thing, this silly ego thing. But you know, generally there wasn't a nuclear war there. Um, there there uh, did he did he start a war? Donald Trump at any point did he? I don't think he did. I don't think the USA have embarked on a new war in the last four years. Um, and he did at the beginning of his term. He started talking about leaving um, Afghanistan and and leaving Iraq. Um, he nearly started one with Iran, but he didn't. <laughs> um, he helped to um, oppress Palestinian people. You know, is that a war? I don't know because Palestine isn't considered a state. But I I don't think Donald Trump took the USA into a war. Whereas whereas I think this person may be suggesting that Biden will. Stuart? I mean, is it because he, he thinks Biden is just a tool of the military complex in America? And so, you know, we, we're just going to go back to the old kind of, you know, Paul was talking about. Maybe. Stuart? Back on the idea of maybe Biden closing off some uh, chapters of war going on elsewhere, with, you know, the big plans and the, the promise of change, would it not make financial sense to start to ease back on, uh, you know, America's ongoing issues with war? Mm. Spend the money on something more useful rather than military yeah. industrial complex. Yeah. That improves well, people's lives still... rather than kills people. We will certainly see. I mean, I think what we see more often now in global politics, global warfare is, you know, using other states as proxies for whatever you're trying to do rather than getting your hands dirty yourself. Um, and I think that there was a lot of there was a lot of Trump um, agitating behind the scenes on places, wasn't it? He's recorded phone calls asking about was it Ukraine or something? Uh, I wish I had a better memory for these things, but I I'm busy relearning how to do long division at the moment. So, <laughs> oh my gosh! Why? Um, Why do you need to learn long division? Well, I don't know actually. I'm confused. Well, I don't. A, I've forgotten how to multiply it? numbers as well. Uh, but I also I don't know whether I've learned how to multiply numbers in the same way as my son has been taught how to multiply numbers. And I'm afraid oh, is it for teaching it's purposes. The wrong way. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Got you. <laughs> Are you embarking on a new career? No, absolutely not. Because I was good at maths once, long ago. <laughs> oh my gosh that sounded like am... Blair when he went I was the future once 
I am very wistfully said that. See, we do mention Blair sometimes. We got criticised. We got criticised this month for our newsletter that didn't mention Blair. I don't know why we should have to mention Blair um, every CLP newsletter, but you know, (laughs) there he is, Tony Blair wants nothing to do with us. That could be the headline. Um, Um. Kevin Joyce says we need a prospective MP ASAP chosen by Labour members in the constituency. I mean, this is something that we have in Bishop Auckland constituency and you've got in Sedgefield constituency, uh, North West Durham, all all of the red wall seats that fell. Technically speaking, they do not have an incumbent member of parliament, which means the members don't have anybody to rally around uh, as a figurehead for their campaigns. Um, and we can't start building their profile in the community. And one thing our communities repeatedly tell us is that they want somebody who they can see, somebody who they can relate to, somebody who, you know, they might do a park run with on a Saturday or they might, you know, walk a dog and see them, you know. Um, We know there are people in our communities who can do that job, but we're being held back. Uh, Anybody want to tell me why we're being held back? The the official reason? Laura? I can tell you the the official, <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> reason, um, is that they want to wait until the county council elections are over. And um, although there is no rule to say that you can do it this early, there is no precedent set that anybody has ever mm-hmm. done it this early. Um, the argument is, I think you'd be hard pressed to find any one of our members who aren't keen on getting somebody in place now. So they've got something to work towards. So we've got a bit of hope because at the minute we're just languishing in a constituency that's led by a Tory, you know. And no, we need we need. That was to get nearly my moment of the week, by the way. Howell's leg. <laughs> Video dancing, dancing Paul Howell when he did that kind of like little dance and he did that really protective gesture where it was like, oh, 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 well, absolutely not. And then his leg came up over. I can't, you can't see my leg. It doesn't really do it, but it was really funny. Um, if you can watch his Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, it was... Bre- <laughs> that's it, that's perfect. Brexit line dancing. Well, of course, um, fishermen aren't being let down. It was, uh, it was really good. It was really good. Yeah, the, the answer we've been given is even more depressing than that, Laura. Uh, oh, we've gosh. been told that we won't start selecting candidates until after 2023 when they have done the boundary review. No, that's rubbish because they don't even know if the boundary review is officially going to happen or not. It's been in the works for like years and years. Yeah. No, that's rubbish. No, they've, that's rubbish. We need have, to push that. Have, um, there is going to be a boundary review again because... Uh, But they're going to change it because before it was down to 600 MPs. But now, because there's so many Tory MPs in the areas they wanted to get rid of, it's now going to be 650 MPs, but they're going to be fewer in the North East. They're going to condense... Basically, basically they're going to keep Sedgefield Tory voters largely untouched, but they're going to give the parts of Sedgefield that are more Labour to Easington and Durham and combine them into one constituency. So Eason and Durham will become one seat rather than two. In a Barnabas kind of way, a sort of, I don't know why any of you expect the Labour Party to be able to organise that 
when they can't even give us permission to choose our parish councillors for the May election. I know, so I we, know. We haven't, we haven't had permission to start selecting parish councillors for elections that are three months away. Just do it, just do it. Just, Honestly, I'd say just care. do it, what they're going to do about it. Do you need No, no, permission? no, they're not bothered, just do I, it. Well, I, I, I asked the question and they said... Um, Oh, we're waiting for all the selection meetings to take place for county council first. And I was like, that just does not get in the way at all. For all the, what about all the divisions who've had their county council selections I mean, done? I, I am saying this as somebody who has spent a lot of time reading that rule book. There, are, there is not a section in the rule book that dictates parish and town councils and our labour groups on them. So as far as I'm concerned, you're, you're free to select your candidates at any time and it's not up to yeah. the Labour Party nationally to to say yes or no on that one. I've already, I've already started. I've already started selecting my candidates. Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna follow you on that. I think we should just do it. I'm bored of waiting yeah. for the go ahead when we should just do it. I mean, we know and, what we're and doing. Also, totally, totally off topic because it's not been a topic. It's not been a comment, but the more incompetence of the government that we don't even know if there are going to be elections in May or not. Um, you know, we've got very um, you know um, people on the opposite side of political divide to me, perhaps, who might be very passionate about what they uh, think and they feel may feel driven to go out leafleting during a pandemic because they know when the, the, the elections are coming up. Um, and the fact that currently it's not really, it's not legal for you to canvass and campaign in that way, but if you've got money, you can pay for loads of leaflets to be delivered <laughs> to people so that's handy if you happen to be a party that's got lots of money like the conservatives mm. so <laughs> I'm, yeah i'm really frustrated about this whole thing about the may elections I, obviously i want them to go ahead but it just I, seems really i have to say i feel like any person watching this and any person watching this whose family have received any sort of correspondence through their door about vote for this person, whether that be Lib Dem, Conservative, some random, I think you need to have a good serious think about how much that political party cares about your safety because we're not mm. leafleting because it's just yeah. not worth it. We don't. We wouldn't have got to 100,000 dead people, tell you. <laughs> this is true we would have been much more risk aware gosh well let's get some more comments in before we we give up um before we give up before we finish <laughs> um Oberyn said i was i was i was right in my analysis uh donald trump said in his leaving speech that he was the um the first president in in so long to have uh not taken the usa into a war Great. Which says a lot, really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, is he trying to make money? But yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think it's odd. I just think it's really, really odd that he wasn't into that. Mark Longley says he thinks that we should use open primaries to decide our candidates in elections uh, for people who understand uh, the way that that basically means opening up uh, like having a pre-election for your candidate for the Labour Party so that people get to vote people in the community get to vote um, as to who their Labour Party candidate will be and that is um, how 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got her seat in, in the American... What is she? A senator? I don't know. She's a, she's a member of Congress she's a, for yes, New York. But she's House of Representatives. Is she House of Representatives? Anyway, she's the House of Representatives, I think. That's how she got her seat, by standing against an incumbent in a primary. Um, yeah, what I... Because I, I asked they my American friends... They have a different system to us, though. Don't they? They have a very different system with regards to membership of a party. Yeah, that's what I was about. Oh, sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I asked because I was very interested in this, um, and I asked my American friend, and she said, "Yeah, when you register to vote, you register as a supporter of a political party, and you basically then become a member of that political party." And it doesn't cost you money. Like she thought it was really strange coming over here and then having to pay to join the Labour Party. She was like, "But surely these people want access to me. Why am I paying for this? Why would um, you pay for the privilege of doing all the work?" Absolutely. So therefore, the uh, the the Democrats and the Republicans have access to the information about the people who are more likely to vote for them, and the, those people get involved in selecting their candidates. Um, so that's that's the system, and it's uh, so. Uh, when she first explained it, I was like, "Whoa, that's a bit strange!" Like you having to basically tell the government who you're going to vote for. That seems very uh, dodgy mm. uh, because then they could just not deliver you your voting papers, you know. Like, but uh, yeah, it works apparently. So um, there was a lot of positivity about Laura's vaccine rant. <laughs> um, Al Mack and uh, Maureen were like, get in there, Laura. <laughs> and a fair bit of support for my uh, throwing in the uh, religious philosophy in the middle there. Um, <laughs> my degree was philosophy and everybody said what are you going to do with a degree in philosophy this <laughs> <laughs> look who's Jake. laughing now who's laughing now <laughs> me all the time as I slowly go around the bend <laughs> uh, Jake Ratcliffe said uh, well, we're talking about the vaccines uh, Jake says those pesky northerners are getting all immune how dare they how well put them back in their cage <laughs> <laughs> goodness me but I just, I don't get it. And again, it's politics on easy mode, right? Our MPs did not say anything about it. They're just like, well, the government decided. You know, you stood on a platform of looking after us. You stood on a platform of standing up for us. But every time there is something where uh, you've got to choose between standing up for us or getting a take in your conservative employee of the month book you choose <laughs> yeah you choose getting on in your party because you're all new mps and when boris does leave you want a job with the next guy like oh man it's full circle though it's back to back to what i was saying at the beginning you know we've got all these problems in the world and people want us to justify ourselves for supporting socialism like, rah, what are you going to do? Like, you know, how do you justify being a socialist? Well, how does anyone justify this? 
and yet no one seems to care and no one no one seems to be asking about like you know we've got we've had an unmitigated disaster with regards to coronavirus like that hundreds of now 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 we can now speak in hundreds of thousands of deaths when they were like oh 20,000 would be a good outcome and we were horrified at the idea of 20,000 being a good outcome we're now in the hundreds of thousands and and really they're not being held to account and tell you what terrifies me as well labor are behind in the polls because they want to be seen as being largely supportive of the government and perhaps that's the reason that the public don't really understand that the government response to this has been negligent at best and corrupt at worst. Mm. Moose says, rather than reallocating the vaccines, I wonder if, oh, there's some wisdom coming here, mind. I wonder if anyone from the government has actually asked health professionals here what are you doing that the rest of the country can learn from? I mean, yeah, we've all, we've all been... I mean, oh. Lots yeah. of Labour County councils, maybe we could say. Maybe they were better. Yeah, maybe we, we've got we argued that at the, But we argued that at the time, and that's not like that sounds a little bit flippant, but we argued it at the time that free skill meal vouchers, there was a plan there. Um, you know, I'm all for devolution of power down to down to local people and I think Durham County Council were, were ready. Mm -hmm. the, Durham County Council have a lot of critics and you know I'm, I'm sure that my politics are to the left of many people in Durham County Council but I believe they've uh, acted really well over coronavirus and, and have something to be quite proud of really. The, the, I think the people of the North East should be quite proud of the way We've managed to handle coronavirus in comparison to other counties. Yeah. Um, I agree. And we're climate change champions. Thanks yeah. to John. <laughs> I liked your post, John, about the snow. You were like, climate change <laughs> champion for only six months and already I've sorted winter. winter. Now we've just got to Oh, that was horrendous, though. <laughs> like, please don't ever snow for three weeks ever again. Goodness me. And, of course, the year I decide to run every day in January. <laughs> Can I just say I got into awful trouble for that joke? Um, I bet you did. I got it in the neck from a lot of people. And, and, and just to, to remind everybody, weather is different to climate, and the climate continues to go wrong. I haven't solved the climate. It just sort of it happened to give us some extreme weather. Um, You're not allowed to have any humour, are you? You're not allowed to have a joke. Yeah. Unless you're Boris and then you can, everything horrible you say about people, he was only joking. He was only yeah. joking. The letterbox thing, he was only joking. Being forgiven mm. by it, that's the thing. Yeah. You know, but so he gets politics on easy mode again. John yeah. can't joke about that, which was clearly a joke that was offensive to literally no one. Yet he can this, say this is offensive thing that actually can be statistically tracked to a trigger in racist hate crimes. And he was just joking, though. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, you really annoy me now. I'm remembering things Boris Johnson said. Like, perhaps if Remember? we were to take it on the chin and uh, let it move yeah, through yeah. the population, then hundreds of thousands of people would die, Boris. Congratulations. Mm. That is exactly what would happen. They didn't say that though. They missed that bit out, yeah. It meant they didn't say that those who were who were who were amazing would totally when, be fine. When he when he said that, 
he was actually not saying that. So I've I've seen people deny that publicly that he said that. It's so it's so mm. wrong. Yeah. And also how Boris Johnson's got the weight of the world on his shoulders and we all feel sorry for him because well, I wouldn't want to do that job and you know he's he got to do it. But also <laughs> But also, you know, people like John and me can be absolutely ripped to pieces because there is ice on the ground and we should use our superhuman councillor powers to install under 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 floor heating across the whole of the northeast. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and why have you two been digging bloody potholes everywhere? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Another one that gets me. When they go, well, he's only had the job six months. He's only had the job a year. It's like, he voted, you know, so the kids couldn't eat dinner, you know, to starve kids. It's not about how long he's been in the job for. That's not going to change. Yeah. But if football managers get less of a chance than that. Yeah. Maybe over, maybe over time, if he's been in the, once you've settled into the job, that means that you're less likely to want children to starve. You know, it's a, you know. <laughs> a chance. Uh, you know, really? Really? We don't want children to starve. You're right. I've matured into my job. Yeah. It's not like he hasn't been an MP for a long time before. Or that. a mayor of London. <laughs> or a, or a dad of... to plenty of children. How many children? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, don't lay a glove on him. No, he's, you know... <laughs> He's doing but, I mean, you're sort of being serious about this, and, and, and it's me now that's like, you're, you're, you're laughing, joking out, I know I'm going to be serious. The fact is, is that we can't, that people are furious with the Labour Party for criticising the government, and we mm. are behind in the polls, and they're getting crosser and crosser with us because we're sort of saying, 100,000 dead, how? Oh, all negative, I don't want to hear this. And we're getting sort of, um, sort of I was talking at a meeting. And sort of they've been ringing Labour supporters up and asking them. And people have stopped watching the news because it's so depressing. They don't want to hear it. They, they just don't want to hear anything negative anymore. And so they said, well, you know, how do you think that the government is doing in tackling the virus on a scale of one to nine, where nine is, is, is the best they could do and one is absolute rubbish? And there were Labour Party voters answering that they gave the government nine out of nine on their handling of the corona crisis, uh, coronavirus crisis. And, and, I think you have to wonder how true that is. Well, is it, 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 people who've been sat on phone backs being told this. And you really, if, when the, if that is the case and when that is the case, it's almost a case of abandonment. Have you ever been door, like, had had someone knock on your door who's a political candidate and had a laugh with them? You know, if you're talking about <laughs> anecdotal like, evidence, no, never. <laughs> if, if you're talking about anecdotal evidence here, and people are ringing people up and saying, "Who do you support? Labour." And how do you think they've conducted this coronavirus crisis? Oh, they've been excellent. They've been perfect. Second I, mean, I think they're just they... working them. You think it's it, all... It could it's... be. You know, people are bored during the coronavirus. Maybe they're just saying things. I think you have yeah, to I take don't... that stuff with a pinch of salt they, as well because they also they can't, they can't be annoyed at the stuff we're saying about 
coronavirus and the handling of it because we're not saying anything about it. So it's clearly a lie. We we now support, we just keep silent on everything. So, um, abstain. yeah. Abstain. Yes, just abstain. Keep your mouth shut. You know that uh, crap sandwich technique? Yes. Bad news. You go, Boris turned up today, is uh, responsible for many deaths. He managed to get his tie up nice. Well, we are, you know, there's a compliment in there at the top and one at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Why is it, why is it as well that like when Corbyn turned up looking a little bit scruffy, it was, uh, it was awful and it was a, a, a national tragedy. But when Boris Johnson turns up every day looking like he does, then people are like, oh, it's just Boris, isn't it? It's just Boris. He just bowls in. Rugby tackles a child. Um, <laughs> you know, botches a pandemic response. <laughs> Dear me. I think me. if anybody watching this doesn't know the answer to that question, Paul, then, then they need a lot of political education. They, we all know the reasons why Jeremy Corbyn was... was portrayed one way and Boris Johnson's portrayed another and it has worked out wonderfully for them all for the whole system that is in power here at the minute Steve Bird says we're ahead with the vaccinations because we've chosen not to follow the instructions on the box um, I don't know anything about that, but that sounds plausible. He says, you can build an Ikea wardrobe quickly if you ignore the instructions. <laughs> uh, yes, I find that likely. Uh, Craig says the American left needs to put Biden under pressure to introduce radical policies or the US will be back to Trump or worse in five to ten years time. Uh, I think we've, we've, we've talked about that before and I think we've broadly agree but I don't know there's a I think the level of leftism that I would like to see and the level of leftism that is needed to not stop fascism uh, uh, there's a gap <laughs> um, but you're right it's there has to something has to change or it will and, and, and things need to be done things need to be done because people are like that gentleman i was talking about earlier they're getting angry and they're going off seeking more and more extreme and extreme and in america they've got guns they've got solutions um we've got to we've got to change the way life is for large numbers of people or you will get the backlash you will regret it and one of the truths about history is, is that all the big changes that have come very often they've come out of fear not out of philanthropy mm. um quickly on the subject of socialism before we do wrap up uh, lots of love for sorry for cuba in the comments uh, i think i need to go to cuba i've never been uh, I, I mean obviously i'd like to go to darlington at the moment but <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm shoot, shoot for the moon and you'll end in the stars. I'll shoot for Cuba and end in Skegness. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's where we're all going after the pandemic. Cuba, uh, scope it out. 
I mean, lots of comments saying like there's lots of socialism in this country that we like to gloss over, like the NHS. I always say road tax is another example of socialism in the country, this country that nobody recognises. Beagle and excise duty. Yeah, that one. Just uh, as a as a cyclist, I find it. Yeah, you're paying your road tax. Well, yes, I am, but it's a vehicle and excise duty. So indeed, you don't have to pay road tax if you're a cyclist. (laughs) Or you have an EV. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of potholes. Are you satisfied with the quality of the pothole repairs that have happened recently, John? What they do is the whole thing about potholes is that it's driven by fear that if we're told about a pothole, we're legally liable to any damage it may cause. So Mm. there's tremendous um, pressure on the highway section of the county council to get out. Once we're told about them, if we don't know about them, we're fine. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of, we don't go out looking for them, but once we're told about them, there's a tremendous to sort of make sure it doesn't blow people's tires or break their axles. So, what you'll find is that um, they will rush out fairly quickly, um, depending on how busy and important the road is, and they'll do a temporary thing. And there's a little man with a bucket, he pours the, the, the thing and pads it down, jumps right. up and down on it a bit, and, 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 and sort of and does a temporary repair. And sort of because in freeze thaw weather that lasts sort of three days, and and and, and sort of it's all, it creates this bigger area around it because the water gets in in between the gaps, it uh, freezes and expands. When it thaws, uh, it, it creates a, a hole, and the traffic creates a bigger pothole. So it doesn't work very well. Um, sort of we we have put in extra millions out of people's council tax. Now, this isn't the money that we, we don't only spend the money we get from the government. We put in extra millions out of the budget. And sort of, we do have, according to the government, one of the best pothole repair systems in the country. We are sort of, um, in terms of responding to potholes, the government has said we're one of the best in the country. But what you'll find is that at this stage, um, with hundreds of potholes developing and being reported. It's a man with a bucket, he fills it in, he jumps up and down on it, and we hope. And then sort of what right. will happen is over the course of the next six months, they'll come out, and that response is determined by how busy the road is and how sort of, um, and, and uh, uh, it's as simple as that. And sort of over the next six months they'll come, and what they do is you see those very straight edge repairs where they've done it properly. They cut out the thing and they, 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 then they and they run over it with a roller and, and they mm. do it properly. If um, sort of your pothole is at the bottom of a very quiet cul-de-sac where nobody ever goes down that far ever, sort of it'll be sort of August to September by the time that one gets its uh, right. proper one done and sort of and it may be a, a few days before they even do the temporary one. Uh, sort of if it's on a busy road and you report it and they're not there in 24 hours, for God's sake, tell your councillor and they will play hell. They, we, we have to have these things for, for the safety of the council as well as for the traffic. We have to have yeah. these things dealt with immediately. And so if something goes wrong and they're not out in the next day or so uh, uh, to get it done and on a busy road like the A167, it should be less than 24 hours. Uh, sort of tell your councillor, let us play hell about it. And let it know, but they will be temporary repairs 
um, uh, sort of while we have the the current crisis in in the in the current level. Okay. And on Laura. that <laughs> on that massive question of uh, potholes, next up we have dog poo. Come on, <laughs> let's do dog poo. <laughs> but this is it, isn't it? This is what people actually get agitated about. You know, I have more people talking to me about potholes and dog poo and the fact that there is ice on the path than care about the fact we're about to lose our secondary school. You know, the real yeah. politics, you know, <laughs> Laura. Thank you. <laughs> Just because I know it is like only potholes, but um, I need to say this is something I'm not a councillor and I, I'm literally this is me coming as a constituent. I feel like potholes has been used time and time again as a convenient stick to beat the council with. Mm. I am involved in loads of community groups from areas around our constituency and I see loads of people really kicking off about potholes Ugh, i can't believe this is there and then it the, the honestly like the vitriol and the the anger that comes with it and the oh, bloody councillors are useless and then when you get to the bottom of it no one's reported it mm. i'm like if you report this pothole it will get fixed don't just whinge about it on a community group so if you do see one please contact the council they yeah, will you organize go get through my durham you can go and do it online through my durham if you go on the council website there's a, over a red flash up the top left hand corner my durham and you can report it their services um, roads and highways um or you just ring a 03000260000 and and say there's a pot of it got to be precise it's sort of um you know the a167 isn't precise enough um every every um uh every lamppost has a number on What's the nearest lamppost? Tell them the number. Um, or, of course, somebody said that, you know, if you've got the app, just three words is 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 the most accurate way of doing it. I fell out with somebody on, um, uh, sort of, which is strange for me, as you know. I fell out with somebody on um, uh, social media about that. And he came and he says, um, the potholes are in disgrace. What are the councillors doing about them? And I says, well, we're wandering around and driving around trying to find them. What are you doing? And and it's sort of and, and he got oh I've a cross about that. I'm not paid to do anything. You're a citizen, for God's sake. Where does your where's your, your definition of citizen? Unless I'm being paid for it, I'm not gonna tell anybody about these damn potholes. Sort of, and sort what of, would you rather we paid our staff to do? Walk around the streets trying to find potholes or fixing them? Exactly. <laughs> But these are things that citizens can do for themselves. And sort of to go on to the, the dog poo, that's a citizen's job. No. Pick it up after yourself. Pick up your own dog poo. And, and it's the same with speeding through council estates. So to drive, these are citizens' things. It's nothing to do with the quality of councillor at all. It's to do with the quality of certain citizens. Get yourself sorted out. And um, it sounds cruel to say it, but that sort of, I'll, I'll never be able to stop people allowing their dogs to poo, you know, and, and leave it. I'll never be able to do that. Sort of, it's, it's got to come from a sense of community, of socialist interaction, Paul. Mm. Right, <laughs> there we go. That socialism does work. We've just explained it. There you go. <laughs> right. It is definitely time for us to end. Thank you very much for everyone. 233 comments plus the ones on Thank Twitch. You, um, and there are still 14 people with us. <laughs> it's oh, well done. Our you bedtime. <laughs> Stamina, that. Yes. So we're going to say bye bye, everybody. 
Bye. Thank you. Keep the red flag flying here.